Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, episode number 295. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local. So we only have five more episodes to go till we hit the big 300. That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, Dave. We're going to have to do something special. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what. But <laughs> we'll have a virtual podcast party. We'll invite everybody to come and join us. Yes, here we go. Here we go. Have a, uh, have, have a few mass guests on. Like a mass guest show. Um, anyway, it's going to be good. But I watched a show the other day on CBC, and he was like, this is show number 893. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> shows yeah uh, even fathom of course we'll we'll get there but yes some year <laughs> yeah. um all right well let's dive into this we got quite a bit to share today actually um so this is actually one i believe you just added yeah this was in here a lot it's very interesting that this whole uh pop-up interstitial thing is still an issue i mean it, to me it it was pretty clear cut that if you're using you know invasive interstitials in in mobile you're going to get nailed and it's and google's still trying to help people get around this problem and they they just put out a thing um barry was talking about it on seo roundtable that google is now recommending to use if you need to do some kind of pop-up like age verification or something like that for your content and it, and and Trust me, you've got to do that sometimes. There's just no way around it. They're suggesting that you use pop-up style divs instead of the, 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 the standard interstitials. That most, I believe most of them use some kind of JavaScript. There's different ways to do both of those. But if you stick towards things like you know some kind of technology tied to CMS or HTML5, you're going to be much better off than trying to use some kind of JavaScript thing. And CSS. It's, you meant CSS, right? C, yeah, didn't, didn't know what I said. CSS yeah. and HTML5 both. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So they're still, they're still trying to help surround which to me sounds like it means there's still a problem, right? Because if they're still trying to get people to do do it differently, that means they're still seeing issues. Yeah, and I think 
think he's even mentioned this before in other discussions too. But anyways, uh, you know, even then though, of course, it's got to be the right size. It's got to be the right place. Uh, <laughs> but but it's it's it it really goes to, to to say you know Google is still very focused on mobile and the whole mobile first index is is going to change the way we look at things you know it's the way we look at things and if you're having problems and if you have to do these pop-ups for whatever reason um got to do them right and you need to you need to take time to understand how they're impacting you right another little wee nugget from google uh just more of a reminder yeah. i would hope but it's yep. uh i mean interstitials alone yikes uh, oh yeah <laughs> do, do you guys it's, use it's it on the newspapers no, we we did we don't do that. There's some there's some major publications that'll do the the whole paywall thing, which sometimes involves interstitials. Like you know, um, I've seen publications, especially big media's, that allow you to view so many articles per month before they block you and make you pay to see. It's like you've got nine more articles you can read this month before you ever start that paying. Today. Yeah. yeah, those kind of things sometimes will pop up for some media companies. So sometimes around the paywall thing, they might be using interstitials. Um, but we, we don't do that, so I don't have to deal with it, thank God. <laughs> no doubt. That would not be fun. Yeah. All right. Um, and another one year you've noted, I see today as well, was the, uh, I did see it yesterday when we were doing some prep, was Href Lang. Uh, now, not many of our listeners would ever have dealt with that or know anything about it. So why don't you just do a quick explanation? So href lang is some metadata you put in a header when you have multiple languages for your website, and it and it really tells the engines which which language you want this to be seen in this page, and so you can have multiple. And the href lang helps you to identify those languages to the search engines, and somebody asked a question about this. Um, this could actually be a Mueller file because I think Gary. Um, or John Mueller answered this, and basically, does it does it matter if you have multiple languages? Let's so say you have um, English, American, English, British, um, Spanish, and Italian, right? And is does it matter what order those languages are in from a preference standpoint to Google? And if you're doing this, if you're you're involved in hreflang, and I'm like you said, Rob, I don't think a ton of our listeners are, but if it, if it's something you run across. It's good to know that it doesn't matter what order they're in. You know, as long as it's in there and it's formatted correctly, um, it's going to count. So, and, and the order it shows up has no weight whatsoever in how Google deals with that tag, hmm. which is great to know because that that could make it even more. It's a it's a complex and confusing um, task and, and item we have to deal with when there's multiple languages involved, and it's done wrong a lot. Um, it causes a lot of problems, and this is one less thing you have to worry about if you have multiple languages on your site. Right on. Yeah, hreflang, I fortunately don't have to deal with it very often. I know that uh, when I did at one point, I had to do quite a bit of research to catch up. It's 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 a little bit of a niche, isn't it, uh, getting into languages and such? Yeah. There are some really good people out there that that are that have dug into this and really understand it and know what to do. And and if I if it came if I had a big project or if I had something to do with this, I would definitely reach out for help. Even even now, I know enough about it to be dangerous, but there's <laughs> enough I know enough to know that I don't know enough to to not need help. If that makes sense. Bravo. Yes. Bravo. <laughs> we 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 take pride in that when that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, on, a, on another note here, um, we were last week we spoke a bit about Bing, which was uh, unusual. But uh, in this case, Bing has done something that a lot of website owners won't be too happy about. Uh, you may be familiar with uh, 
Google answers within search results. So, you know, if you do a search and then they provide you with an answer, and then if you want to, you can click through to the site that had the answer, uh, maybe to find out more just because you're nice. That doesn't usually happen. But uh, <laughs> the idea here, though, is that Google's still giving credit to the person they're taking the content from. Well, Bing, uh, they may have a link, but they don't like allow you to, they, they don't set, they haven't set it up now so that you can click to read more at the site. It actually is expandable. So when you get that answer, you can click for more information and it just expands and shows more information versus sending that traffic to the site. I think that's hmm. dirty. <laughs> I really think that's dirty. What do you think? Um, I, I, and actually, I think that ties into to my rant today. So, so I, I made a major re realization last weekend that I want to talk about, and I think it ties in directly to that. So, I'm going to hold my answer until we get to that. Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, the next bit here is about uh, Google uh, good old tests again in local. Um, in this case, Google uh, good old Sergey uh, Sergey Alkov is that how you say his name? Alkov. Uh, I can I can barely say Gary's name. So Sergey. <laughs> <laughs> Sergey is like on top of things. He's up there with Joy and Joy Hawkins, one of our previous guests, and and, and keeping on top of all these changes because frankly they're on them all the time. Always, always looking at local. Well, in this case, um, Google's providing, uh, at least in this test, a sliding scale. So you can say what, you know, up to what point or up to what amount are you willing to spend on a hotel? And then uh, the various, um, uh, what we call them, bubbles, uh, price bubbles on, yeah. on the Google map. Um, start to appear more if you add it like the, it, in this case it said to zero to 600 plus well if you go to the 600 plus there's a lot of bubbles that appear on this map this is in mobile uh, i should have noted that in mobile um, and if you say go down to half less bubbles will appear makes it a little easier to sort of determine what what options you have in the area i, I think it's a great idea I'm not really surprised this is happening because you know that's a standard feature in faceted navigation for a lot of e-commerce sites. You can slide and select your price range. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if later we'd see features that can check the box. I want a place that has a pool. I want a place that doesn't have a pool. You know, the different. You know, I want to play racing window or whatever those type of options that you could normally pick. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see some of that end up in there as well someday. Well, and then right below it are are tags. Things like top rated, within 800 meters, cheap, luxury, and I'm sure you can scroll through that as well. Because below there's yeah. a bit of a, a ga uh, another uh, carousel of images of the local yeah. uh, establishments. The the one tag they need for me because I because that's one of my top priorities for a hotel is it's got to have a hot tub. Just saying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but you're, yeah, you're allowed to have a cigar in. <laughs> yes, and out, preferably an outdoor hot tub that I can smoke a cigar in. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyways, I, I think these are good improvements. These are the sort of things that we're, we're going to need to see more of to, to really enjoy the mobile experience. So I think that's great. Uh, I, I don't know, you know what we're going to see next, but uh, it's always interesting. The next one, of course, will be jobs. We're going to see a lot more about the jobs, Google Jobs. Oh, yeah. Um, has that rolled out completely in the States? No, I'm following that one pretty tightly because it really impacts our classified careers verticals. Um, and I'm, I'm really kind of watching to see what they do with it, see where they pull that information, if it's going to be feeds from different 
current job providers like a lot of places are already doing or if they're going to do something different um, through some kind of crawl methodology it's going to be really interesting to understand how they're gathering that data and how we could a either get our data into their results or get our clients data into their results um, deliberately right so it, it that's going to be a fun one and maybe a little bit of scary one to watch hmm. that's cool uh, to be a fly on that wall, I bet you guys have a lot of little things you're watching <laughs> for Google. <laughs> and a lot of big things, too. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, so um, let's, you know, before we get into your realization and your rant, which I believe is next, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, buddy. All right, away. So, so it's not so much of a rant as it is a... a, a followed some thought processes to come to a realization, right? So um, just haven't recently had my anniversary, 23 years, and my wife said, what do you want for your anniversary? I said, you know, it's about time that I get one of those home. I'm either going to get a Google Home or an Alexa, but I have no idea which one I want, right? And I called a friend who had a home and asked him, and he said, oh, I'd, ra- I'd probably trade in and get an Alexa. I called someone that I knew, I want to try a Google Home. So they were no help. Right, so I said, okay, let me step back and figure out how to decide which one of these is better. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you ignore. Didn't call me. I didn't call you. But I did think about texting you, but you're in <laughs> Canada, and it's that was a quick decision I had to make. But oh, I should have called you. Yeah, yeah I should have called you because you're you're probably one of the, the geekiest tech guys I know. So I'm all over that but, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, go yeah. On. 
So, so I thought, okay, let me step back and look at this. I'm going to ignore the 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 things it can connect to and the actions that it has. Alexa has a two-year head start on that, and Google will catch up. And and that to me doesn't make a difference because it'll end up getting to be pretty similar over time. So, what made the difference to me is okay. I'm going to look at the two companies. One is e-commerce based. One is information based. I thought, well. Different people use this different ways. I'm going to be more information. I'm not going to want to, I don't need to buy stuff through this thing. I'm going to be more information based. So that led me towards Google a little bit. And I thought, what are the important things that are going to be hard to change about this? Voice recognition was one. Google's way ahead on that as well, because they do it much more and for many more, many more things than Alexa does. And then, excuse me, the AI piece of it, which is going to be huge. Google's way ahead on that as well than Alexa is. So I'm like, this seems, I'm really leaning towards the Google thing. And then I started thinking about the AI piece of it, right? And I'm using it for information. And it made me realize that a lot of people talk these days about about all those different things we see in search results these days. Uh, the We had a thing last show about the featured snippets, the knowledge graph, and the answers. And a lot of people say, well, they're just trying to take real estate and keep people on their site. And I don't think that's true anymore that I've done this stuff. I think that is because of things like a, a Google Home, because they need to be answered those questions. They need those search results, and they need to be able to tell people the answers right then and there in Google Homes, the voice search thing. I'm really leaning much more towards those kind of things appearing in the search results now is not tied to just keeping people on your site or keeping people from clicking through. It's tied very specifically to voice search more than anything else. Do you agree? Do you have thoughts? you disagree? Well, first of all, if I had to pick between the two right now, I'd definitely go Alexa. Well, you're um, wrong. You are so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> not long term, but right oh, yeah. now. <laughs> you know, if I'm making an investment, then I would pull home, which is why I did. But yeah, uh, and, I, and, and, and it Alexa makes more can, sense in our business too. Alexa can do more things, but the things that it can do that Google Home can't, I don't need it to do. It's not something I don't need to say, hey, Alexa, order me a, a you know a new box of Pop Tarts and have it shipped to the house. It's I don't need that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, most Anything people that, I, I've, I've listened to and, and read read about don't use it for any purchasing. It's not. Really, but, it's just extremely good at all the other stuff too. But I, I hear from what I what I hear and what I think I would understand from the two companies, the the Google Home's voice recognition is a ton better, right? And I don't see Alexa catching up there ever. Um, the the information that's provided when you ask questions is much better on the Google Home because they search and and honestly, these things we're talking about featured snippets. The, gra- the the knowledge graph, all that stuff is making Google Home much better when it comes to answering questions. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, here's an example. Last night, um, I, I called yesterday, made an appointment at my garage to take my Jeep in today, right? No problem. going to take it in. They say drop it off in the morning. Last night, about 11 o'clock, I realized I don't know what time the garage opens. And I, I just set up. So, so I said. Hey, uh, no, don't say it. Uh, well, it's on the other side of the room. I said, "Hey Google, uh, <laughs> what time does <laughs> what time does my garage?" And I gave it the name in the city, and it told me, "Hey, it's closed right now, but it opens up at 8 a.m." That's that's amazing to me, and that's the kind of stuff that we're getting from the connection to to Google Maps, to the connection to the featured snippets that Alexa doesn't have as as much of at this point. That's why I went that way. And that's why I think it really ties in to what we do as SEOs and search results, because there's a lot of talk about how do you get in, in, in a feature snippet? How do you get in a knowledge graph? And I honestly believe in the next couple of years, that's going to be some of the main work we do as SEOs. 
Yeah. Well, one thing I do like, and I don't know whether Amazon's got this yet, is the, um, uh, although <laughs> we don't have it rolled out here, unfortunately, but um, the fact that it can do multiple voices. Yeah. They can understand it. and attribute it to the proper account. That's amazing. I like that as well. That's that's part of that voice recognition advance uh, that they have over Alexa that I don't believe Alexa will ever. They'll, be, they'll eventually be able to do multiple voices, but they'll never catch up to wherever Google's at. So by the time Alexa does multiple voices, Google will be on to something, will be on to something way beyond that from a voice recognition standpoint. Yeah, or they partner. Google's never beyond partnering. Yeah, and then somebody told me, I haven't seen it yet, but somebody told me Apple's coming out with one now. Yes, so I've heard about that too. I haven't seen that one, so that'll be interesting. And I don't. Do you know what search they're using? Are they using their own? It'd be their own, as far as I know. Yes. See, it would be interesting if they all came together, um, like, and used the same. Like, if Apple leased Google's search capabilities for their um, virtual assistant, or or even if Alexa did that, right? That could be interesting. Um, or or MSN. Microsoft's going to get into this game at some point too. Right, because you were just talking. We were talking about your your C full answers on the Bing expandable featured snippets. That ties in directly, right? So if Bing is doing this, they're doing the featured snippets. If they lease their search technology to either Apple or Alexa at some point, those full featured snippets are going to give that virtual assistant much more information to draw from to be able to tell you through voice search. Yeah. Well, and, and when it comes down to. Um a quick nerdy bit here is when it comes to the, the the Google Home, I can't handle the fact that you have to buy another home to get it to work in another room. Whereas at least with the Amazon, you can get those dots. That, that'll change. That, that's one of the technology things that doesn't bother me because that'll change. Yeah, right? It's going to take a while though, but yes. Uh, anyways, when it comes down to their main question, you know what we wanted to sort of uh, hash out, I, I I think that yes that that those kind of entities that that Google Home or you know that the knowledge graph is is targeting is critical of course for things like uh, these voice recognition in Google Home and our voice answers and such but I don't believe it has to show up in search um, and take over search like Bing has done. Yeah, Bing might be ex going excessive with it a bit, but I do understand why they put it in search. Because if you've got that and you separate it, and you're going to gather that data anyway. Not why not utilize it wherever you can? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I think the focus is voice search, but there's definitely a side benefit of keeping people in your search page, right? People talk about that uh, a lot as part the, as the main reason they're doing this. I don't think it's the main reason anymore. I think it's a secondary reason. It's still important to them, but I think the voice search is the primary reason. Yeah, oh, I love it. The kids love it. Oh my god, they just they get on <laughs> the the home. Hey Google, and then what they I, ask it to play this music, this particular music, and go on and on. So the next thing I need Google Home to do is with the great voice recognition, it can identify different voices. I need to be able to block it a voice. So in and says play this country music song it doesn't recognize <laughs> it right? there you go. she did that to me last night she didn't realize they could say okay google stop and it would stop immediately but <laughs> <laughs> and you know you can call boo boo too hey boo boo can you i didn't know that There's lots of little easter eggs <laughs> yeah i'm probably i'm probably not going to do that though just say it <laughs> and i'm sorry to everyone i we've done it three times now we've actually done the call command three times so hopefully not people are, aren't listening to this <laughs> oh, that's true. I tried to whisper it the first time. True. I just realized that one loudly. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting. 
and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4-6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. I'm not sure if it works on all of them, so we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll gauge the number of, uh, of frustrated uh, you know, uh, at least we, At least we didn't say something like, hey, Google, remind me when SEO 101 is on. So... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> never do that. No. We would never do that. <laughs> okay. So, and actually, I looked it up, and I don't think it knew it. Sadly, oh, although it? now we are in Google. Well, it depends. So. It, it depends if you've connected iHeartRadio. It should know, but we're not. Like I have it connected to pa- Pandora. That's the one I've used all these years. So we're not on Pandora. But if we, if you had it connected to iHeartRadio, it probably would recognize us. True. That's true. Okay, so uh, the next part here is a Mueller ES files. Um, now these are the two gentlemen from Google that we love to cover. Uh, now, we've already cover, covered some Mueller uh, news, but in this case, it's about hyphens in search queries. And it's an interesting one. Um, uh, someone had asked John Mueller whether or not, um, you know, a hyphen could change the results in a search query, um, which uh, in general knowledge would. Um, in this case, the, uh, the example would, uh, that John made um, to counter it was, okay, so if you have SEO or you have S-EO, those aren't technically the same thing. So in those situations, you would get a different result. Um, I, actually, I was just thinking about that. He didn't really give another example of the alternative. Yeah, he, 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 he did. Um, I, I don't remember. There was in there was something like um, case studies, right? If you do case studies as two word and case study hyphen with hyphen between them, that's pretty much the same thing. And they would see that as a reciprocal uh, synonym, as he called it. Yeah. Don't look that up. I tried looking it up just because I was but brain fuzzed yesterday and couldn't figure it out. I know I re- I'm, I'm working fine today, but <laughs> reciprocal synonyms <laughs> will not work. Let's find a lot of synonyms for reciprocal. So <laughs> but, but his actual quote was sometimes they're seen as reciprocal synonyms, sometimes not. So to, to your point, Ross, it's like if it, if it, if you put a hyphen and it still means the exact same thing, they're probably going to see it and you get the same results if you put a hyphen someone there and it changes the meaning then you could easily get different results but the interesting thing is to realize that google and this is a good time to bring this up google is also case sensitive right so sometimes but this one i've seen whether it changes the meaning or not you could get different results and i haven't tested this in probably a couple years but i used to be able to used to be able to go in and type michael jackson's name lowercase and michael jackson's with proper case capital m capital j and you would get different search results so um just be aware that if you're seeing weird funky things in your search results um that case sensitivity, hyphen sensitivity is in there. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, one thing I did notice too that was, uh, 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 I guess it was one of the conversations. I listened to so many podcasts now. I can't remember whether I've listened to them or read, read them. But anyway, uh, it was- <laughs> Read uh, podcasts? That's pretty Well, cool. you know what I mean, read an article. <laughs> but in this case, it was about um, how, when these artificial intelligence systems are created, like RankBrain, how really the programmers step back. They, they can't keep up. They, they don't actually, they have to let it run itself. And mm-hmm. although they can, you know, help train it, they start to lose control over what is happening. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it was kind of fascinating. The whole concept was that essentially 
all of these algorithms that are being put into play, and it's not just in this, there's also shopping algorithms, all these things, um, the more sophisticated they get, the less ability to control them. And I'm not mean from a Terminator perspective. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the less, you know, you'll be able to ask an uh, enge engineer and ask them, why did this happen? It's going to be harder for them to answer. Um but you should be, but I, but I think it'll get to the point where you can ask the AI, why did this happen? And it oh, will God. be able to tell you. That's where it's going to get interesting. Just output math and we'll just faint. Yeah, <laughs> At least exactly. <laughs> have you have you ever seen that uh, cartoon? I can't remember where it was first published, but it had these two guys in front of a, a chalkboard, and it's this giant chalkboard with filled with this giant math formula. And the guy steps back and says, "Okay, that's how SEO works. That's what it's going to be." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, well, if you want to get into the math, it's pretty insane. I would not want to at all. Um, rather just keep whatever's in my head, and it makes sense right now. So, uh, yes. so far, so. Um, you know, uh, we have our first black hat SEO tip coming up, but before first we're going to do that, first yeah, one yeah, ever. First one ever. But <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. The first Black Hat SEO tip. <laughs> and this was given to us by Gary. <laughs> I'm not going to try to say his last name, because I know I can't. So, <laughs> Ish. Did I do it right? Gary Ish. Right. So, here's the tip. Pay close attention. Don't try to sell links to Googlers. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't go over well. 
<laughs> if you're a black you hat and you sell links, don't do it to someone with an at Google email address. <laughs> <laughs> someone tweeted to Gary, or Gary tweeted out randomly. He said, hey, whoever, those two links you tried to, to sell me are, are now worthless um, because of penal or what do you say, because of penalties or something like that. Basically, he let the guy know that they just penalized their site because of it. <laughs> Yeah, Again, I'll give you. It's hilarious. I give you the quote. Says, <laughs> I yeah, love it. Says, Those two high DA sites that you suggested you link from to my site for dollars are worthless because manual actions. <laughs> uh, that was great, but yeah, thanks. That... <laughs> <laughs> uh, at times it must be exceptionally awesome to be a Googler. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jeez. Uh, all right. Well, you know, we're going to jump right into questions now. Uh, we All have right. uh, a good one that came from Tim Stewart. Uh, Tim's a, a regular listener, and he contacted me via email. Uh, if you ever, anyone else ever wants to do that, you can do that through my email, ross at stepforth.com. That's S-T-E-P-F-O-R-T-H. Okay. Uh, so in this case, he's asking about Google Tag Manager, and he wonders whether or not using it will have any effect, benefit effect on SEO. Um, okay, so I have used it. I, I haven't used it in a while because we didn't, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that, that we don't necessarily need to use it a lot. Uh, do you guys use a lot in-house? It, it makes it a lot easier for us to manage. We, we place a lot of pixels on client sites depending on what kind of digital advertising products they buy from our company. So they could buy um, retargeting. They could buy, um, you know, PPC, of course, SEO, um, um, display advertising. So depending on the different types of products they purchase from a digital marketing perspective, they could need different pixels. So it's much easier to manage using yeah. Tag Manager than trying to put all this stuff in different places. So, yeah, we, we, do, we do use it. So for those that don't know, even know what it is, uh, Google Tag Manager allows you to, um, uh, once you've proven you own your site, I believe it, it's been a while since I've used it, uh, but essentially what it's doing is it allows you to put up a piece of code on, on a site that will propagate site-wide or wherever you want it to be. Um, and that code will, through its system, allow you to add other code. So. Um, it, it's almost like an overlay, isn't it? I mean, if you th want to think of it that way. Uh, yeah, it, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a bucket, right? So you put the tag manager on there, and it's because because when you put a tag on a website, you have to get into the code, put a piece of code on there, and that's your tag or pixel or whatever they call it in that particular instance, right? But you have to physically put some code on there to be able to track whatever it is you're tracking. Which can be really hard. Which really can be hard. a pain, right? But if you have to try to do that multiple times at different for different products at, at different stages, it can be really hard to go in or get access or get from somebody's website over and over and over again. What Tag Manager does, basically, you put it on there once and it creates this little pocket where from that point on, whenever you need to add something, you just, from a, from a outside of their website, you can add stuff into it to, 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 to either remove or edit or update these pixels um, or, or quote-unquote Anything like Google Analytics, um, mm -hmm. uh, Optimizely tags, anything you're using for A-B testing, et cetera, et cetera. There's a, there's a ton of uh, different ways you can use it. Now, from an SEO's perspective, uh, yes, from what I've read, I've never used it from an SEO like to really benefit SEO. So I wish I could speak to it with experience there, Tim. But uh, it's funny, I had rec read just a, um, a month ago, maybe not even a month ago, an article um, about how to use Google Tag Manager for SEO. And it's written uh, by... Uh, the gang at Distilled, um, 
pretty technical SEO, though. Definitely not 101. Um, but if you want to read it, uh, just do a search for how to implement SEO changes using Google Tag Manager. And uh, that is by Sam Nemzer, N-E-M-Z-E-R. It's really well written. Uh, it was actually May 9th is when it came out. And uh, almost to the day, uh, a month. And it's fairly in-depth. It gets into how you can use it to help you with your SEO. And, and, and this is particularly important for sites that you just, oh, God, some of those content management systems that are custom. Shoot me oh, now. Oh, man. You just can't do anything. I'm looking at just applying um, a local map system to one of my client sites, but he uses a completely custom platform. And I just, the time I have to spend <laughs> so much more than any other system. Uh, yeah, especially if they build it themselves because they have a lot of ownership of it. And they're very proud of what they created. Um, and sensitive. And when you, yeah, <laughs> sensitive. So when you tell them, hey, can we change this? They get all defensive. So be aware. So Google Tag Manager is great because they just have to add a piece of code and you never have to bug them again. You can make the changes you need and voila. And in this case, this article talks about how you can actually implement SEO changes using Google Tag Manager. So very cool. Anyway, that was a good question. I, I, I have not read that article yet. I'm going to have to go, go read it for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. So the next question is from Pat Allen. Pat asks, hello. I would appreciate any help on this challenge. We rank well for a cluster of key search terms, but we rank number one and get most of our clicks from a PDF on the subject. We have HTML changes, pages or pages with the very same content, but it's the PDF that gets all the attention. What can we do to shift the attention so the HTML pages rank highest? How would you approach it? Um, well, I need a bit more information, I think. I would want to know a lot more about the backlink profile of the individual PDF, as well as the, the pages that you've tried to create. Um, I like Because it seems to me that that's going to be a key portion of this. If people are linking to that PDF and it's got some weight, it's going to definitely, um, it's historical equity buildup. It's going to maybe trump your new HTML pages with no equity built into them. Um, so the refers, uh, who's yeah. it sending that traffic? Right, exactly. A um, couple things to look at would be, are you creating a duplicate content by creating the same content in HTML and leaving your PDF document online as well? If that's the case, the PDF's probably going to trump it because these new duplicate pages you're creating are duplicate and the other one has that equity still, right? Um, to fix it, you know, you're going to take a hit at first for sure, but, you know, you know, move the PDF somewhere else if you need people to download it and th 301 that URL um, to your new pages. That would help. Yeah. It's risky, though, isn't it? I mean, it is risky, you, definitely. What you could do is put it behind. Uh, so take the URL that went to the PDF, 301 redirect it to the page content that you want to rank, and then have uh, that PDF available, as like you said, separately, but in a, in a uh, uh, blocked subdirectory or something here's a thought i don't know if this is possible though i'm gonna have to do some digging i wonder if you can kind of put a canonical a rel equals canonical in the metadata of a pdf you can do to, canonicals in pdf so could you put the canonical in the pdf to point to the new html page which would then transfer a lot of that juice still leave the pdf available for anybody who's bookmarked it um remove the pdf from the search results and then bring bring that uh, um, new HTML page up in the search results. 
that's a, that's a thought as well instead of just moving it and 301ing it. Yeah, I'm just looking it up again here. Uh, yeah, I think I've I found something, but I think it's a little different. It's it, yeah. Anyway, it, it, it look it up. There's a lot of information yeah. about it. The problem, and, and this is why I don't have the answer right away, is that there is some dated information on it. Uh, so you're going to have to find the most recent uh, detail on PDF canonicalization, or yes. or use or use some A/B testing. Take one and test it. You know, and one that's not driving a ton of traffic. See what happens when you do a canonical inside the PDF. See what happens when you move the PDF and 301 the old URL to a new page. Not on the ones that are driving a ton of traffic to you, of course, but ones that you can use as test beds to see how Google reacts. Yeah. So I hope that helps, Pat. Uh, it's an interesting question. I really appreciate it. Uh, the next question is from David Morales. He says, hello, everyone. Um, I have a question, and I was hoping that someone could please help me. Uh, when searching my website on Bing, there are th these category tax tags displaying. They are displayed as follows. Applied arts, lifestyle, painting and drawings, music, uh, his company name, DC Cypher Studios, and then blog. They take me to different categories and pages on, you know, on my site, and I do not know how they were assigned. I would like to assign them to read home services, client, blog, contact us. How do I get, how do I do this? So on Bing, gosh, have you done? You see, that's, the, that's the question. If this was on Google, I could tell you in an instant how to do yeah. that. On Bing, <laughs> I'm not, I, I've never ran across this to, to the point where I have to, I'm, I would be surprised if you couldn't do it in Bing um, Webmaster Tools the same way you can do it in Search Console. But I can't tell you for sure you can. So let's talk about Search Console first. In Search Console, you can go in and they Google, tell you way, do what? That's Google, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know. it's because it's because I've I'm, I want to call it Webmaster Tools, but I keep getting smacked at work, so I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're finally they're, handing it to you. I know. <laughs> but in Search Console, there's actually a section where you can manage this. They automatically assign it based on what they see on your website, based on their crawling and algorithms. They automatically assign um, – oh, it's, the, the name of these escapes me. It's on tip of my tongue. What are these called? Suggested links, are they? Suggested links, right? But you can't uh, change them anymore. You can only remove one, remove the ones. Oh, well – yeah, ass hats. Anyway, <laughs> and even that might have changed. Let me go check. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but anyway, if it's similar in Bing, and I would hope that it would be, there should be something in Bing Webmaster Tools that you can go in and look and see what they've assigned as, as your suggested links for your site. And if you're lucky, Bing will let you modify those and adjust them. If not, like like the new Google, apparently you just have to live with what they say unless you just want to delete some. So with your two lists here, like home is not one of them, but the main the main link for your site is going to be home probably. So that's the one. This is um, could be clients. Blog is definitely there. So you can delete all that stuff that you don't want. Um, and then potentially, you know, you can whittle it down to the things you do want. If they don't have something that you do want, you just kind of have to um, deal with it, I guess. And unless they readjust how they look at your site once you delete some. Yeah. Did you find anything interesting, interesting, Ross? No, I didn't. No, I'm not even sure it's showing for this particular site, which is kind of odd. I thought that it would. Yeah, and and, these, and that's a good point too because these don't show for every. No. Huh. You should be happy you got 
them because that's actually really a good source to get is get those suggested links because that gives you some some better traction from search because if you search someone searches for your brand and it's usually tend to show up on brand searches more than non-branded searches actually but and and you see these suggested leaves deeper into the site um it'll get people to where they need to be on your site quicker and it tends to have better retention and potentially better sales and it gives you some indication too of what google is seeing as as important core yeah, sections of your site exactly yeah okay back to my notes here wow we're done okay <laughs> that was all right i think uh, we've got a few questions answered there i've feel like uh, I didn't have enough of the answers. I hate that feeling, but uh, we got into Bing stuff, and I'm just not as familiar with Bing. I just don't yeah, want to be. It's been happening but... a lot recently. I wonder if that's a trend. I wonder what's wonder why that's happening, that we're talking about Bing more than we used to. Interesting yeah. thought. I mean, we're going to have to spend more pay more attention to it. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I do want to say that we started at the beginning of the show. We talked about we got five more episodes to our 300th show, and I thought of an idea during – during recording today, we need to get Brasco to provide live music for our 300th show. He needs to have some kind of live band in the background. <laughs> well, first of all, we should do a live show. That would be good, yeah. And we, if, we could do it, if we could figure <laughs> out how to do it from somewhere cool, too. Like if you and I can like write it off and we can go to like Amsterdam and do our 300th show from... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it will be. You will not be blitzed. Yes, yes. <laughs> Nebraska will have to bring you with us. So, so. <laughs> yeah, work it out. Work it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you would like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 